Hey there, friend. Do you ever feel like you get in a rut when you're praying for yourself or praying for other people? Well, today we are going to talk about a way to pray over yourself and over others that's going to be exciting and give you some new ideas. And then we're going to talk about picky eaters. So listen in. I'm so glad you're here today. Hey, beautiful. Welcome to the Rejoicing in Motherhood podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Vossler, and I'm thrilled to spend some time chatting with you and bringing inspiration, encouragement, and joy to your day. I'm a mom of eight kids, and I believe that motherhood is the greatest calling in the world. It is holy kingdom work, and God has not only called us, but also equipped us for this valiant mission raising and training the next generation of mighty men and women of God. Every week, I will encourage, inspire, and equip you to really rejoice in the glorious God-given calling of motherhood. At the end of each episode, I'll answer your questions and share tips and lifesavers that I've learned and keep learning as I raise my tribe. So come on, let's get started. You guys, We have reached episode 40. This feels like such a milestone. And so I just want to start by saying thanks to you for making this podcast a total success. You have been listening, subscribing, you've been sharing it and reviewing it and giving me your feedback and asking your questions. And wow, I could not do this without you. So Thank you so much, and happy birthday to us, episode 40. Very, very exciting. If you are possibly unaware, I have a website that's called kirstenvossler.com, where I have podcast show notes with details and resources that we talk about on the podcast, and there's even a form there where you can submit questions. You can listen to the podcast right on the website if you want to, and all of that is under the podcast tab. There is a little picture for every single episode that we've had, and you can just click on one of those, and it will take you to where you can listen to the episode, and then you can see all of the notes for that episode. I also have a newsletter that I'm going to be sending out to everyone on my email list very soon. And if you're not already on that, you can sign up for that and you can choose a freebie on the freebies tab on my website, or you can go to kirstenvossler.com forward slash newsletter. I also have an Instagram account. It's at rejoicing in motherhood. And I share the episodes every week there, and I usually have some kind of daily encouragement in my stories, either from me or from other accounts that I find encouraging. So you can connect with me there in the posts or even send me a DM if you'd like. So I just wanted to make sure that you know about all of those ways to connect with me because I really love connecting with each one of you. I've gotten some emails from some of you. I've gotten questions from some of you. I've talked to some of you on Instagram, and it's just a really fun 
way to connect and have this be more than just me talking and you listening, because I love getting your feedback. I love hearing from you what is interesting to you, what you're loving, what is encouraging you, because that helps me in preparing and figuring out what else I would like to share with you. So thank you for that. Thank you, guys. I'm so excited to be 40 episodes in to Rejoicing in Motherhood podcast, and we are not slowing down. We're going on. Today, we are going to talk about how to pray for yourself and others. Here's the deal. Do you ever feel like you just get in a rut with how you're praying for yourself or praying for other people? I know that has definitely happened to me. Sometimes it's easy to just kind of get in a routine, get in a rhythm, and then kind of forget like, oh, what am I even praying about? Or how do I, how do I, how do I pray for myself? Is that awkward? Is that strange? Like I find myself just praying, God, I love you. Give me grace for today. Give me wisdom. And then... Uh, what else, you know? So today we're going to look at a scripture, and that is Colossians 1, verses 9 through 12. And in this passage, Paul gives us an incredible prayer with a whole list of points for us to pray over ourselves and over other people. So I'm reading this out of the ESV, and this is what it says. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. So we're going to go through this scripture and we're going to break it down into bullet points that we can pray over ourselves and that we can pray over others. We can pray this over our husbands. We can pray this over our children, over our friends, over people who don't even know the Lord yet. So the first point is that we're going to pray that we would know God's will. Did you know that we can actually know God's will? Paul says to pray that we would. So clearly we can. So I pray to know God's will. Secondly, we pray to have wisdom. What is wisdom? One definition is that wisdom is seeing and responding to life situations from God's frame of reference. Another really simple definition is that wisdom is seeing life from God's perspective. When we can see our life and see circumstances from God's perspective, that is when we have wisdom to understand what's going on and how to respond. Then we're going to pray to have spiritual understanding. 
And that spiritual understanding is the ability to apply wisdom to our daily life. So first we have to have wisdom, seeing our life from God's perspective, and then the understanding gives us the ability to apply that wisdom to our daily lives. Next, we want to pray to walk worthy. And what does that mean? That means we want to live our lives in a way that's consistent with being identified with Christ. We are called to be Christ's representation on the earth. Christian actually means little Christ's. We are called to be representatives of Jesus to the world around us, to our families, to our kids, to our neighbors, to our church friends, to our friends who don't know the Lord. We are God's representation. We're his ambassadors. And when we're walking worthy of that title, we're walking worthy of the Lord That means that we're living our lives in a way that's consistent with Jesus. We want to pray that we would fully please God. Isn't it exciting that we actually can fully please God? Think about that for a second. So we can ask God, God, I pray that I would fully please you in what I do and how I am. Next, we're going to pray to be fruitful and do good works. So what are some of those good works? What are some of that fruitfulness? Praising God is a good work. Giving generously, living a godly life, discipling our children, displaying holy attitudes, leading people to Christ. There are so many more, but that's just a short list of some ideas of how we can be fruitful and do good works. Next, we want to pray to really know God, and we pray to be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. I love this part because it just kind of blows my mind when I think that all the power of God is available to me to strengthen me. Do you realize that the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead, that much power is available to us for us to be strengthened according to his glorious might. God is not lacking anything and he is pouring it all out to us if we just receive it and accept it. Next, we're going to pray to have patience. Patience is enduring difficult circumstances. Does anybody have those once in a while? (laughs) So we need to pray that we would have patience. And we need to pray next that we would be long-suffering. Long-suffering is enduring difficult people. (laughs) And finally, be thankful. We pray that we would be thankful. Hey, it's question time. Today's question is from Sarah. 
How do you handle a kid who says that everything at most meals is yucky and gross and won't try it? I think that this is a common thing that all mothers have to deal with because no matter your child, there's going to be something (laughs) that you want to give them that they don't want. I do want to give a little bit of a disclaimer, and that is in my answering this question, I am only talking about just a basic psychological resistance to some food. Okay, I'm not talking about anything sensory, anything that's caused by any physiological things that are going on, because I don't have any experience with that. All of my kids have had their preferences and their habits that they're into. And so I'm going to answer this question from that perspective. The first thing I'd like to say is that our kids really pick up on our attitudes toward food. And so I'm going to suggest that when you're serving them something new or even something that you just know they're not really into, that you be excited about it. So be excited about new foods and don't assume that your kids won't like them, even though it's very easy to do that and go, yeah, they're not going to like this. That's okay. Just pretend like they're going to love it. And one way I have found that works really well with some of my kids is to compare anything that's new with something that they already like. So for example, my kids love pickles. They love them. Pretty much anything pickled they will eat. I'm the same way. So it has definitely rubbed off on my kids. So they love pickles. So if I'm offering my two-year-old a green olive, which is kind of a weird thing to give a two-year-old, I understand. But hey, I eat them and she sees them on my plate and wants one. And I will tell her, oh yeah, these are a little bit like a pickle. They're not a pickle, but they're kind of like a pickle. So you can compare things that are new to things that they already like, and then it kind of gives them a little bit of a grid for it, and that helps us a little bit. I also am just very matter-of-fact about it. (laughs) If my kids don't like something, I'm just very matter-of-fact, and I say, you know what? That's okay. Nobody likes everything, but in our family, we're going to give things a try. And I just want to encourage you to set the boundary for what you're going to require in your family. And also, you do not have to answer to anyone for the way your kids eat. That is between you and your husband and the Lord, honestly. (laughs) Like, if you want your kids to eat certain things, you can work toward that. And if there are some things that just don't matter to you that they eat, do not worry about it. You don't need to follow what somebody else is telling you or what their kids do and just assume you have to do the same thing. It's really okay for you to discover and figure out what your family's going to do and have your kids do that. You don't have to answer to anyone for the way your kids eat. One of the things I tell some of my kids is, hey, we want to help your taste buds grow up. So don't worry, you're going to like this someday. So let's just see if your taste buds are ready for it. And, you know, with smaller kids, sometimes that whole idea of like growing up or being a big kid, sometimes that is a really good incentive for them to give things a try or to try things again. 
and also on the idea of trying things again. I remember reading somewhere that I think it's like babies need to try a food up to 12 times, I think it is, before they might actually like it. And so that's always an encouragement that they give moms with little babies to just keep trying things over and over and over so that the babies develop a palate for it because they just don't like everything right away. And I kind of feel like it's that way with little kids too. And even middle kids, like sometimes they just need to try it again and again. And so I have one child who's not a big fan of most of the soup that I make, which I think is really sad because I make really good soup and I love making soup. And this one kid is just not really into it. And so most of the time, not all the time, because he has certain ones that he loves, but some of the time when I serve soup, he's going to be like, oh, I don't like this kind of soup. And I rarely use a recipe, P.S., but <laughs> I will just tell him, oh, well, this is different than you've ever had before. Or, well, that's okay. You don't have to like it. You just have to try a few bites. And in our family, I tend to tell my kids to take one bite for every year or so. So my three-year-old, I'll say, okay, you just have to have three bites. And then he says to me, well, I'm three and a half, so I need to take three and a half bites. And I'll say, okay, take three and a half bites. And so that works pretty well. Now, my six-year-old, I don't make him take six bites, but I'll say, well, just take three bites or take four bites. I kind of bring it down to a manageable amount. If it's something brand new or something they say, oh, I really do not like this at all, I might just say, take two bites, and then I'm just done with it. Uh, Most of all, in all of this, I want you to be at peace. Because I know food can be such a stressor for moms and such a point of contention between moms and kids. And I just want you to be at peace. I want you to think about evaluating what your kid has eaten on a weekly or even a monthly basis rather than meal by meal. Because it's so easy to look at one meal and say, all they ate was applesauce or all they had was a string cheese and you know, a peanut butter sandwich. That's it. And that's that's what they've had the last two days. And so I think it's really helpful to evaluate kind of their nutrition from like a week to week or even a monthly basis where we can take a bigger scope because kids are funny. You know, they go through these things where they love one thing, and then the next week they can't stand it. Or like my kids will just devour a meal and then I serve it again the next night. We have leftovers or something and they're just like, eh, hate this, you know? And I'm like, why? (laughs) So there is just sometimes kids are just weird like that. I don't know why that is, but it just happens. So I think it helps a lot if we as moms can just have peace in our hearts knowing you know what? My kids are going to be okay. I'm working on this. (laughs) I'm working really hard to have things that are healthy for them and that are nutrient dense. And that's a big part too, is to focus on nutrient density and give them foods that are satiating. Give them things that are going to fill them up and make them feel good. Because those are the things then you can go back to and those can kind of become staples that you can use and that they will begin to enjoy. 
you know, all humans will go for easy energy like sugar and carbs, and we're totally drawn to sweet and colorful food. It just is how we are. So you can use this to your advantage and you can choose what you have on hand so you have an assortment of things that you're happy with them eating and then you can let them make a choice. So it doesn't become a fight between Cheetos and baby carrots if there aren't any Cheetos. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or between like cereal and dinner if the cereal is just not Uh, not an option. And my other tip on this is to just be smart about when you serve what. I talked about soup earlier, and we do eat soup a lot this time of year. And I usually serve some kind of bread with soup. And I have found that if I serve the bread with the soup right away, my kids will immediately eat the bread, and then I'll have to fight with them to eat the soup. But if I serve the soup first... And then I bring out the bread with the second bowl. They will just gobble down that first bowl. And then they'll put, then they'll have some bread when they're done with their first bowl. And that is a trick (laughs) that works so well for us. So I would love to know what works in your family. I am going to make a post on Instagram about picky eaters. So come tell us on Instagram at Rejoicing in Motherhood. What works for you? How do you do food in your family? I would love to hear about it. And then you can tag a friend if you think she'll find it helpful. Or if you have a friend that has something to add on this, I would love to hear it. So that would be great. Ladies, I bless you today that you would know God's will, that you would have wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you would walk worthy and fully please God that you would be fruitful and do good works. I bless you to know God, to be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. I bless you with patience and long-suffering, and I bless you with thankfulness. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of Rejoicing in Motherhood. You will find show notes and more encouragement on this topic at kirstenvossler.com. Have a wonderful week. And remember, everything in this life is holy kingdom work. You are doing it, friend. You make the very heart of God rejoice. Keep going. I love you lots, and I'll talk to you again very soon.